All right, episode number two of Bros Beard Sports coming at you. I'm Mills. I'm Cole. That makes us the Beards Bros. So we're going to pick up this week where we left off last week, starting with college football. A lot of big stories coming out of the rivalry weekend. So, Cole, I'm going to hand it off to you. Why don't you take it away? All right, first game I want to talk about, the Civil War. Uh, my favorite team, the Oregon Ducks, destroyed the Oregon State Beavers of a score of 55-15. to 15. That's... Uh, that's pretty solid being a Ducks fan. I'm, I, I'd like to be happy with that. Unfortunately, there are a few negatives in the game. Uh, number one, unfortunately, our star wide receiver, Mitchell, uh, for whatever reason, didn't su- or he didn't play in the first quarter. I kind of thought that was uh, maybe he was suspended or something because my brother happened to be at the game sitting behind the Ducks on the sideline, and he was texting me saying that he was all dressed and ready to play. He just wasn't playing. And so uh, we kind of figured it might be some sort of suspension. Maybe he was late to some team meetings or something, didn't play. He came out for one, one drive in the second ha- or in the second quarter, didn't really do much, and then uh, he, he did catch one ball, and then he was back out and uh, didn't play the rest of the game. And our starting quarterback, the uh, top pick in the draft potentially, Justin Herbert, uh, took what I, I didn't think it was a super vicious hit. He was a little slow getting up. It was at the end of the uh, second quarter. And uh, I thought everything was fine. He walked to the sideline. Everything seemed fine. It was on third down, so there wasn't much to, to see after. He just walked off the field. And then uh, next thing I know, Tyler Slough, our uh True freshman quarterback walks on the field for the the final drive, and I'm like, oh well, maybe you know they only got like a minute left in the half. Maybe they're just trying to take it in a half, which they did. They just ran the ball three times just to kill the clock. I'm like, oh, maybe they're just trying to make sure Herbert didn't get a cheap shot or something in the in a big rivalry game or something. But then uh, my uh, my worries were uh, were evident when uh, in the second half Braxton Burmeister came out. And, uh, boy, it was not good. (laughs) He was only allowed to attempt two passes. And uh, if you want to go on Twitter and find it, his one incompletion, not pretty. Not pretty. (laughs) I can throw a ball better than that. I don't like saying that because I realize he's a D1 quarterback, but I can throw a ball better than that. Andrew, you saw the pass. It was bad, right? Yeah, it was was brutal. Maybe it was the jitters or something. I'm not sure. But, yeah, it could have been better. It definitely could have. And his other pass was uh, three yards behind the line of scrimmage that the the receiver then took for a gain of 16. So solid. And those were the only two passes attempted in the second half, which is, uh, that's not good. That's, that's to me, that, that speaks to a lack of confidence the coaching staff has in him because they only allowed him two passes. In a game when you're up 40 or 50 points, like, come on, you're still not going to let him pass? That just means you have zero confidence. You think he's going to throw pick sixes and lose the game for you. Luckily, our running backs carried the load for us. We had Travis Dye got 199 yards, and C.J. Verdell got 187 yards. So we crushed him with 392 yards. So uh, while I am deeply worried for a bowl game, we got out of that one. We won the Civil War. It's all good. Yeah, speaking to quarterback injuries, um, I kind of want to talk about Mackenzie Milton at UCF. That was that was a bad one. Yeah, that that uh, that gave me Zach Miller flashbacks. Honestly, I don't think it was to the same severity and level, but it didn't look good. Knee injuries like that, oh man, those are scary to watch. And I'm just interested to th- to ask, what do you think that has for their bowl outlook? 
with him going down, do you think that's going to kind of change the way the selection committee views UCF? See, I I don't think it should. I think it should. Uh, I don't think you should hold it against them. They still won the mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Um, the thing, though, I do, I do think for an outlook of the team going forward, I do think that hurts the team. You know, you lose your starting quarterback, that that's a big loss, especially in college when there's usually, you know, as as I just talked about in the Oregon game, there's a big drop-off sometimes between your starter and your backup. Mm-hmm. Granted, luckily, UCF's backup looks more competent than Oregon's. Yeah. Still, that being said, I I think the playoff committee will hold that against them, even though if they're undefeated going in and, let's say, chaos happens – and Ohio State loses Northwestern. Well, Northwestern's already got three losses, so they're not, and they're only 21, or sorry, they got four losses already. They're ranked 21. They're not jumping into the playoff. That that loss would drop Ohio State out. Michigan's already got two losses. That drops them out. Um, Georgia will probably lose to Alabama in the, in the title game. That'll drop Georgia out. I, I it's gonna leave Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. That's gonna be one spot. While I think UCF deserves a shot, it, it's hard to argue that oh, without their starting quarterback, they're gonna go in there and be competitive against Alabama. I think definitely it's gonna go to Oklahoma. It's gonna get it. I think I I think it's gonna prevent them from being in the playoff. Granted, I don't know even if he was healthy if they were gonna make it in the playoff because I I just yeah. don't think the committee respects him. Yeah, I don't think the committee was giving it to him to begin with, but. I you know I have issues with the with the way the selection committee makes their decisions, but I don't need I don't need to get into that. I don't think a one player injury should change the entire outlook that you have on a team because definitely you can make the argument then say what if Tua at Alabama were to get out with a knee injury and yeah you have, obviously it's a little different because you have the respect for Nick Saban and what he's built at that program but the you can go and you can go through the list of the top four right now. And they lose a major player. What do they do? They get out because they're not going to be. A, they're not perceived as as competitive now. I just yeah. that's that's an issue that I would draw. I I don't put it past the committee to make that decision and no. use that information to kind of sway them one way or the other. Yeah, definitely. But it's just it's frustrating. I I know the college football playoff. This was supposed to bring an end to all of the controversy in the selection process. I feel like, honestly, it's brought even more because with how many teams in college finish undefeated or one loss, it it makes it very nitpicky, which is, yeah. you can, I get it, you can never satisfy anyone, but you can't yeah. be as nitpicky as it gets sometimes. But we're, we'll save that for another episode. We're going to just, because <laughs> yeah. we could talk about that for an we, entire we episode really alone, but we'll save that. We'll move on here. So, I don't know if you caught it, Cole, but I was watching the Notre Dame-USC game, and, you know, I thought the Trojans were going to pull it off for a second. They, they, they did. They, they were in that game. They were I never was out hopeful. of that game. That was, well, they, they got out of well, it. Well, at, at know, the end, but they were, they, yeah, they were the first half. The first they half, I'm like, wow. I'm watching it, I'm like, this is a totally different Trojans yeah. team right here. They were tearing it up in the first quarter specifically, but yeah. going into halftime, it seemed like the momentum was all theirs at home big rivalry game and I thought you know what hey they have a chance they can end Notre Dame's playoff hopes potentially yeah. 
and they they, they, they can all, shake up the college football world. And then they yeah. came out and they laid a f- yeah. freaking egg in the second yeah. half. But they're that's something they've been doing. Going into that yeah. game, they're being outscored twenty eight to three in their pre- last two games in the second half. Yeah, which and I would have thought too. Another big factor was there was a lot of talk of Helton being on the hot seat. So I would have thought the team would have came out and played with their butts on fire that second half because yeah. they're playing for their coach's job essentially luckily after the game for for helton at least yeah uh they came out and said that uh they're keeping him on as as the head coach which i might disagree with i might think you should move on and fire, hire someone who uh mm-hmm. is a proven winner especially when you got a program like usc but yeah. uh but still uh notre dame definitely uh they've gone undefeated and i definitely agree they definitely look like a top team they definitely have some some nfl level talent on that offensive and defensive line they're a legit team and uh i look forward to seeing in the playoff versus clemson i i think it's going to stay probably the same with clemson being that two seed and notre dame being that three seed being that the matchup i honestly think notre dame might win that game yeah you know i i can see that notre dame they've just been rolling through here i mean they went in. They took over that second half against against USC, and I, I get it. USC wasn't really anything special this year, but in an environment like that, with how well they played in the first half, you would have thought that USC was going to come out, and they were going to kind of put their foot down and maybe take control and kind of make something happen. But Notre Dame flipped the script almost immediately, and that game, honestly, after halfway through the third quarter, I wouldn't say it was that close because Notre Dame seemed to have everything going their way, and Mm -hmm. it was brutal. But you know what? They rolled through to a victory, and kudos to them. They're going to find themselves in the playoff. But, you know, speaking of rolling, how about roll tide? Oh, they they, they rolled. (laughs) They rolled. Yeah, Alabama once again proving to be the cream of the crop in college football. And as frustrating as it is, listen – a team's going to have to come up and punch them in the mouth, you know? They really do. I, the, the best chance is Georgia. If Alabama's Georgia's losing a game, chance. it's the SEC championship to Georgia. That is the only team that I think matches up. And Georgia, you know— They, they already lost to Georgia this season. I'm Alabama? To, yeah, Alabama lost to Georgia this season. I'm trying to pull up the score right now. I thought Alabama's undefeated. No, Alabama beat Georgia. You misspoke. You said you misspoke. You said That's Alabama lost to Georgia. I was That's so okay. Bad. Don't worry That's about it. Bad. You know it happens. My, I I I definitely meant that. Yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah. I meant me it con- the other way around. You had me confused there for a second. But regardless, no. Georgia lost to LSU. That's what it was. Okay, my my bad. That was definitely my bad. Yeah, George, Georgia lost to LSU. It's that, okay. That's dude. their loss. I was thinking they played Alabama. That's my bad. No, it's it's all good. You might have been flashing way back to the national championship <laughs> last year, but it's Probably. okay. Your your head's still on Herbert in Oregon, so we won't hold it's that. True. One. We won't hold that one against you. Um, but no, I think I think Georgia is the only team that matches up about matches up against Alabama. It just that's that's the only game. If Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship, I'm already going to call it. Alabama wins the national title again. I that's you, you a team has to go out and prove and show the rest of college football how to beat Alabama. You got someone's got to go do it. No one's been able to do it yet. If Georgia yeah. can do it, I think it will at least give other teams a chance because there will at least be some form of script on yeah. how to get to get the best of them. Well, I think Alabama is just they're, – they're a complete football team. Like, they have a Nick Saban defense. 
you already know that's that's one of the better defenses. Yeah. They're, they're fundamental. They're not going to miss tackles. They're going to be a good defense. And then that offense with Tua now, they throw bombs all over the field, and they can also still run it just like Alabama's always been able to yeah. run it. And also Tua is also a threat to run it out of the backfield too. They're so dynamic on offense, they're difficult to stop. And now all of a sudden they can put up 50 points on teams. And not just by running the ball down their throat. They can put up 50 points through the air yeah. and or on the ground. They can still revert back. So you have to stop both of them, which is just that's, that's near impossible to stop. Mm-hmm. And then also you're still facing an Alabama defense, which is uh, definitely not easy to do. You, can't, you don't just hang 40 points on Alabama. No. No, you're right. Um, yeah, they're a complete team. And you know what? A complete team's hard to stop. They're not one-dimensional. You see teams that are kind of one-dimensional. They eventually, eventually, a team will come around and show you how to beat them. For example, let's talk Washington State. Washington, that air raid attack Ooh. in Washington State went out. Didn't really dazzle like you and I were expecting. No, it was grounded. Yeah, it very. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no. It, he, yeah, Minshaw only had a uh, hundred and fifty-two passing yards and two interceptions. That's yeah. Which turning the ball over in a big rivalry game is never good because no. uh, that just gives momentum to, to your to your rival. And then also it being in Washington, in Seattle, uh, that definitely hurt them too. They, he gets the crowd into it, and that that definitely takes it out. But yeah, Washington, the Huskies, their defense showed up and they stopped this attack. Their offense wasn't great. I actually give some credit to Washington State's defense. They they proved they could they could hang with uh, one of the better offensive teams in the Pac-12. But yeah, Washington definitely was able to stop the the Cougars and and knock them out of uh, of playoff contention. Yeah, them being a two loss team, they're they're now pretty much hundred percent out of the playoff. Yeah, picture. I mean they were banking on that Pac-12 championship. Yep. to get in to begin with, so they're yeah. not even in that. They're, so they're not. Yeah, no, it'll it's be. Gotta, ugh, yeah, sucks for them, but you know what? Hey, you got to go out there and you got to be the better team. Washington proved to be that. Pulled they out a huge up. upset. And you know that. Speaking of upsets, Michigan, Ohio State. I oh don't boy. know if I would classify this one as a true upset because Ohio State is Ohio State. So really, was it as? Lopsided. Well, the score was lopsided, obviously, but was the matchup going in as lopsided as everyone made it? I don't necessarily think so. It was just Ohio State wasn't playing too great going in. Michigan was playing great going in. So it's going to be labeled a huge upset. I don't... Listen, I would have never predicted that score. (laughs) No, no. I would have said you were crazy. Yeah, no, I would have called myself crazy too. But you know what? Ohio State, wow, they... Whoo, boy, they went out there, and yeah. boy, they they lit it up. Michigan just shell-shocked, honestly. Well, well I think, honestly, one of the big things, uh, Ohio State did exactly what we said Michigan should do. Michigan went out and got stopped three and out on their first offensive series, and Ohio State takes the ball. They go right down the field and score a touchdown. Yeah. They, they got their crowd into it. They did exactly what we said. Yeah. That Michigan should do, and Michigan yeah. failed to really get into the game. And then at that point, the crowd's into it, and you're you're in Ohio State, you're in you're in Buckeye land. That gets real yeah. bad real quick with all those fans screaming at you, yeah. emotions running high in that rivalry game. 
you you can't let it get out of hand like that. Yeah, like we like I remember we said the tone of that game was going to be set in the first two drives, one way or the other. And yeah, Michigan had that crazy six second span of two touchdowns, but yeah. Unfortunately for them, that happened right at the end of the first half. So you have all that momentum. Yeah, you want to, you you say it'll carry over into the second half, but the halftime break, there's time for for Ohio State to get it together. So yeah. the the whole point of momentum is being able to roll with it right away. Yeah. And when you have to put a break in between, especially a halftime break, mm-hmm. not even just a timeout. Yeah, it kind of kills it. Even though, yeah, yeah. it. And to add to it, Ohio State still went down and scored a, a field goal going into the half. So it's not like they got out of there and managed to still march down the field in the two-minute offense yep. and get points. So it's it was unfortunate the timing of that crazy turnaround and that swing in momentum because, yeah, the, yeah. It, it, just, it just it ended because of the halftime. Yeah, so. you, also, you really can't carry over momentum that well in such a toxic environment like that. Yeah. Because, yeah, that, that – Scoring those back-to-back touchdowns, that kind of took the crowd out of it. But now you have all halftime for them to get back into it. Right, that's what I mean. It's just the timing was the timing didn't work out. And yeah. obviously you want to – Michigan fans were going to be hyped. And I know seeing it happen, I was like, this is – I'm like, all right, here it is. This is a game now. But unfortunately, the crowd had all of halftime to get back into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the momentum kind of died when Michigan came out of the half. And so Ohio State took that and ran with it. And it just – yeah, it didn't. It didn't look pretty after that. It it did not. Well, speaking of Ohio State's impressive upset, or not really upset, but impressive win. Yeah. Uh, who do you think ends up in that top four now? Because Ohio State, they're sitting there at six, but they still got a Big Ten championship game to play versus Northwestern, currently ranked twenty-one. Uh, the, so right now, I agree with what the top four is currently of Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Georgia. The only way. I'm giving it to Ohio State over Oklahoma if it comes down to that. The only mm-hmm. way, though, I see Ohio State in is if Georgia loses to Alabama in the SEC championship. If Georgia beats Alabama, I don't think the four teams change. I just think their rankings change. Yeah. Because Alabama has earned that respect to where they can be one loss and not be out, especially because like their one loss is going to come to Georgia who's number 4 so that's going to only help their case if they that's speaking if they lose. So yeah. I I don't see the top 4 changing at all if Alabama loses. Now if Alabama wins, Georgia's out. I'm putting in Ohio State only cuz mm-hmm. I think Ohio State's win is more impressive. Ohio State's win over Michigan is more impressive than anything Oklahoma has done. Yeah. That's just personally where I stand plus Ohio State is going to have the extra Big Ten championship game on yeah. their resume, which will only help them, especially if it's a win. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's my thought process there for why I would put Ohio State in. I'm not a big Ohio State fan, but you know I'm going to just be realistic about it, and I think they get in over Oklahoma. But that's, yeah. like I said, only if Georgia loses to Alabama, which I don't think is as like guaranteed of a game as some people would say. Georgia is a talented defense, and... I'm a big I'm a I'm a Jake Fromm fan, so there you go. Yeah, see, I I'm one of those people. I think I I don't want it to happen, but I I, I feel like Alabama is gonna go into Georgia and they're gonna roll tide and they're gonna roll over them. <clears throat> maybe not maybe not you know blow them out as bad as they they have been blowing out teams, but I think they're gonna win comfortably because I I don't I I realize that Georgia can match up athletically with Alabama, but as I said earlier, Alabama is a complete football team. 
I don't know if that Georgia offense can hang up 30, 40 points on that Alabama defense because I think that Alabama offense can hang up 30 or 40 points on that Georgia defense. Yeah. That's that's my thought process there. Obviously, I think Clemson's going to stay where they are, Notre Dame staying where they are. I think that loss is going to drop Georgia out. And then I, I agree. I think it's either Oklahoma or Ohio State. I would love if UCF got some love in there, but I know they won't. Let's yeah, be realistic. I wish, but I, I wish. Uh, yeah, I think Ohio State having another win over a ranked team in Northwestern in that championship game, that Big Ten championship game. I think that definitely puts them in above Oklahoma. If they lose that, though, I think it's definitely Oklahoma gets in. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, it, it just comes down to pretty much, in my opinion, it's basically whether or not. Uh, Ohio State can beat Northwestern, yeah, which it, I think that that is an interesting matchup because Northwestern has been sneaky good of late. Yeah, it's all contingent on the Big Ten championship game and the SEC championship game, obviously. Um, so here's here's the here's why I don't want to say that Alabama over Georgia or the, over Georgia is like a shoe in guaranteed lock of a game, and I'm going to say the difference maker is Kirby Smart. He was he true. was he a is, coach under Saban, so he knows he has a little bit of insight that other teams don't have, and you saw it in the uh, national championship last year. Georgia knew how to pl- how to play against Alabama. And yeah. Now, yeah, obviously you're gonna cite the comeback, the two two was magic moment, you know. Mm-hmm. But don't think Georgia forgot about that. Every, they're gonna true. they've been you know they've been stewing on that and hoping for this matchup to happen. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, listen, those players play. They love Kirby Smart. They play for him, and they give their everything for that guy. So I I think that is going to be a very close game. I would honestly, I'd put that down game of the year potentially. I think it has that kind of potential in terms of the matchup and the talent we're going to see on the field. And I don't even think it'll be a shootout. I think it's going to have to come down to just really well-timed plays and just being smart with the ball and – it's. I'm putting this down as a coaching duel, not a quarterback or player duel. talent duel. Honestly, that's that's yeah. what I think. It, that's how even I personally think the two teams are. Yeah, I I agree. Definitely talent wise, I think uh, Georgia's the only team in the country that athletically can match up with Alabama. But yeah, to your point, being a coaching a coaching matchup. Uh, Nick Saban's still the master. No, Kirby I know. Kirby Smart's the apprentice. I, so that that's I know. that's where I go, and I hate Nick Saban. I I wish Nick Saban would re- retire already. Yeah. So we don't have to deal with Nick Saban anymore, and somebody else can win it. But un- until he's retired, I'm I'm giving any coaching duels to Nick Saban. Unfortunately, I get that. I don't know. I just think eventually. I think eventually someone is going to have to unseat Saban there and. Call it wishful thinking, but I think Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs are the team that can do it. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna put a lot. I'm gonna put a little bit more confidence in Georgia than you are. Obviously, I'm mm-hmm. not sure if I can say Georgia will win, but I'm gonna make that my bold prediction for the uh, conference championship weekend. Is that Georgia's gonna beat Alabama? That's my bold prediction. Now, my my record has, is not impressive. I said Michigan was beating Ohio State, <laughs> that's so true. oof, that's so, so did I. That stings a little bit, but hey, I got a. I said Notre Dame was winning, so I guess I'm two and two because I said UCF and Notre Dame were wins. 
Let's come you know. on. Let's go Bulldogs, right? <laughs> oh man, I, I think that one's gonna come back to bite you. Although, think speaking of wishful thinking, I know you have long been wishful of uh, Blake Bortles and him being an NFL quarterback. Yeah, your, your I know. man got benched. I know he got benched. For none other than Cody the USC Kessler. legend, Trojan, Cody Kessler. D- um, does that make it better that it's a, he got benched for a Trojan? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've actually been rooting for Cody Kessler, too, when he was <laughs> in Cleveland. I'm like, Trojans, baby, let's go. So I have a stupid admiration for Blake Bortles. It makes – it's – there's – I'm going to be honest. There's There's no logical basis for it other than, like, everyone said the guy wasn't going to be good, so I desperately want him to be good. And he just and he's, hasn't. He's breaking my heart here because, man, I thought last year towards the end they put it together and it clicked for him for what he can do. Like the yeah. AFC championship game, I don't think that came, that was his fault at all. He played great in that. He played very poorly in the wild card game. But yeah. you know what? Oh, well, he seemed to put it together the rest of the way. And so I thought, you know, Bortles was starting to figure it out. He's, he played more as like a game manager last year. And I was like – Perfect. Yeah, that's keep all you him have there. To do. He's he's a game manager who can make plays with his legs and is occasionally going to make the miracle throw that you wouldn't expect because he's not untalented. And yeah. so they they put faith in him two year deal at the end of the season. I, well, I wouldn't say a lot of faith, but some faith. They committed to him at least, and I was really pulling for him. But you know what? The time has come where they need to put him. They need to bench him, and you could say he's the scapegoat all you want. That offense needs a quarterback who can run it, and so far they have been so dependent on Leonard Fournette in the running game to get anything going, yep. and it's because Bortles has just not played well. And mm-hmm. for as much as I like the guy, I have to at some point I have to be realistic and say, you know what? Yeah, it's time, dude. And yeah. Cody Kessler, step in, baby. This is your moment here, and I want. I hope he tears it up. I don't know if he will, but. I just I'm rooting for him. It's going to be interesting because Fournette's on suspension because of that fight. Yeah, Fournette is so Fournette is suspended, is, which hurts. They don't even have they usually still, you have your running game to lean on with the backup. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to even have that going forward. They still forward. have uh, Carlos Hyde is starting now. So oh, that's right. I have, forgot he was they, traded there. They, they do have a competent running back. Yeah, they have you know? they have he's, a number he's one. He's been caliber. a starter in the league, so it's not like they're going to like oh some dude off the street. Yeah, they do have a, a solid running back, but still, it's not Leonard Fournette in the backfield. Right. It'll so, uh, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. They play the Colts next, correct? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, Colts yeah. at Jacksonville. Um, Colts Jacksonville. Here's the thing. I'm gonna call out that defense a little bit now too. I get that defense is good, but... They haven't played well. They haven't played well, and you know what? I'm going to say it. They need to stop running their mouths. It doesn't It doesn't matter. You are 3-8 and eight as a team. I don't care how talented you guys are. You're 3-8. and eight. And it's just, you do too much talking, and you get... Like, come on. I get it. You want to talk all that smack about Roethlisberger last week. Yeah. And then he's going he's gonna to come down and shove it in your face as, hey, look it, we're better than you. It's just that it's team... True. Their focus needs to be elsewhere. It needs to not be on the extracurricular stuff behind the scenes. They need to focus on playing football. Yeah. And well, I'm I a fan of Jalen Ramsey. I love I I like smack talk, don't get me wrong, but back it up. And right now you're a three and eight team and you're talking trash like you're Super Bowl favorites. Yeah. Dude, Correct. you're not even a wild card team. Like no, come on. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think they need to step it back on the trash talk. And granted, I, the defense has not played well. 
I, I will give them some credit. It's really hard to stay motivated. No, I and, agree. And wanting to be that good when you know our offense can only put up ten points, maybe, maybe, maybe fifteen if we're lucky. And in the NFL, in the the way that the league is right now, it offense it, wins. It, it's it's uh, yeah, offense gets the tie basically. You know, you're, you, the offense gets the pass interference calls. They get the roughing the quarterback calls. They they mm-hmm. get a lot of calls, and the rules are set up to benefit them. And so. You 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 have to have an offense that can put up points now because even if you are an amazing defense, you're still going to give up 20 points in this league. Yeah, like yeah, you and there's there's going to be games even if you're averaging 25, you're going to give up 25 points in a game and stuff. And the fact that you're the defense and you know, oh, if we give up 20 points, we can't win. Like we have no hope of winning because our offense can't put up 20 points. Like yeah, that is very hard to stay motivated to play when you're like, oh, yeah, we lost. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I kind of want to, you know, you know me. I got to bring in the Bears here. I kind of want to bring that point to the Bears' defense, though. At the start of this season, uh, the Bears' offense did not get off to a hot start. They struggled for the first few weeks there, and the defense picked them up. And the defense didn't seem to complain about it. I think the the attitude in the lo- in the locker rooms is what makes the difference there, because. In terms of talent, honestly, Jacksonville's defense is pretty much right there with the Bears. Now I'm going to be kind of partial towards the Bears because I'm a Bears fan. But realistically, the defensive talent is pretty much, I would say, on the same level. Mm -hmm. And I think the attitude in the Jacksonville locker room was me, 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 where the Bears was all about the team. And so I think this is – here's what I'm trying to say. I think the Bears' defense, when they needed to pick up for the offense – was looking for that opportunity, and they wanted that. Obviously, they want their offense to score, but I think they took pride in being able to pick up for their offense, whereas I think the Jacksonville defense is going out there like, seriously, we have to go out there again and do something, and that's where I think the difference is between 3-8 and eight and 8-3, eight and three, is the defense, the defense takes pride in that opportunity and isn't going to complain about it. I think Jacksonville, there's too many personalities in that defense and I think it's hurting their attitude overall as a unit. And so they're going to go out there, and the defense is going to be pissed off because the offense stalled another drive. Well, I think my, my, my counter to that would be the Bears didn't have to do it for an entire season or almost two seasons already. Like, the, Bear, the Bears only had to start That's doing this. Fair. And then even even then, like, the Bears' offense did show signs of life. Like, definitely, like, early on in the, uh, in the season, while, like, the offense definitely was having issues stalling, Pretty much every time, like to start the game, like that first drive, the Bears almost always went down and scored a touchdown. That's fair. So the Bears' offense did show signs of life. There's been times, especially this season, where Blake Bortles and that offense has showed zero signs of life. They've just been awful. And I, I, I'd like to give the the defense some credit. Granted, yeah, they do need to play more as a team. I think I would agree with that point. Mm-hmm. Of they're a little more me, me, me as opposed to the Bears. I, I think that's definitely a valid point. Um, but I, 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 again, I think it's it's partly just that offense is so bad, Patience and, and they and they've dealt with it for so long. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't, I didn't really think about that all that much, to be honest. But you put it that way, I understand it. I still think, you know, you got it. You can't let it show at the very least. That that's is, that's where the problem. That's are, true. You can have that issue, but that's got to stay in the locker room. And I think when once it becomes more of an external thing that the league starts to see, that's when you run into problems. But you know, is what it is. We'll move on though to the Bears. Your Bears, eight and three. 
Eight and three. What, how, what, what was the uh, the prediction your dad had to start this season on what the yeah. Bears record would be? Yeah, the legendary Donald Miller said five and eleven for the Bears. Five and eleven. If that isn't a heartbroken, beaten down Bears fan guess, I don't know what is. <laughs> but I listen. I said eight and eight, and that's. I thought that was being really optimistic. I I, I said eight and eight or nine and seven. Though that was my prediction. Yeah, I mean, listen. I that I. The Khalil Mack trade changed this entire season for them, in it my really, opinion. It really did. I, I remember I was I was driving to a doctor's appointment, and I was listening to music on the aux jack, and I heard yep. a ding ding, and I'm like, "Oh, it's an ESPN notification," and I was at a stoplight, so I looked at it and I go, "Holy crap!" The Bears got Khalil Mack. Yeah. First thing I did was I texted you. I'm like, "Dude, did you see the Bears trade?" Yeah. That. I was so I've been jacked up ever since that trade. All right, I we're here. We are weeks later. I have been hyped up about it, and that's not going to end. All right, I'm I'm going to be hyped until he's done being a bear, which I hope he retires a bear. So I hope I'm never Hopefully, done. Yeah. So, oh man, that hyped me up so much. But yeah, no, the Bears are sitting here at eight and three. Um, let me pull up their schedule here. I gotta find it. They uh they got to play the Vikings and the Packers. Those are two of their – or no, they're done with the Vikings. They still have to play the Packers. They also got to play uh the Rams. The Rams is going to be a big game. Yeah, so they got – That's a big game. They got coming up Giants, Rams, Packers, 49ers, Vikings. Those are their last five. That's, yeah. Um. I'm excited for the Rams matchup. That's in Chicago, so I think an edge kind of has to go to the Bears there just based on weather. And I know I don't like being a guy who makes decisions based on weather, but come on, we're talking Southern California to December winter in the Windy City. The the one thing the one thing I'll say to counter that is uh, if we were talking New Orleans, I'd be on your side with that. The one thing is, though, the uh, Rams, they have a power running game. They do. They have Gurley. Gurley's not going to be affected by the cold. Gurley's going to power that up in there. Yeah. And I don't think the defense is going to be, because the defense has a lot of guys from other places that have played other places in the mm-hmm. league that are played in cold climate. So I'm not super concerned about that. Yeah. I don't know. I think the Bears' run defense is very good, so I don't think you can – I think it'll match up pretty evenly. I don't know. It's That'll be an interesting game. I can't – I honestly can't pick a side there. I think yeah. it's going to be closer than people think, but – um, I more want to talk about going into the Giants matchup here. There have been talks now. Chase Daniel gets game number two. Rumors. I mean, it it kind of makes sense if if uh, Trubisky is not one hundred percent. If he's still a little bit banged up, I don't see why not. Honestly, I do not think you're going to have an issue because if you get any pressure on Eli Manning. The game's yeah, a wrap because he can't do anything. That is a game where the defense can really take over. But I don't want to dismiss the Giants as just like. A I'm fresh. ready to dismiss the Giants. I, see, they still have Odell. They have that wide receiver core is still very talented, and it's led to three wins. No, I get <laughs> it. I get it. But I just, I don't know. Maybe it's the it's just the Bears fan in me that doesn't want to dismiss any opponent <laughs> because. That's broken my heart too many times, <laughs> dismissing opponents. So it's hard. For, like San Francisco last year, you were sold that they were going to beat the 49ers, and then Robbie Gold alone beat the Bears. So That's true. Grant, granted, we also got Garoppolo 
for that, and that was the start of the Garoppolo era. Yeah, but he, it's just I I have trouble saying that any game is an easy game for the Bears just because I have seen so many years of inconsistency in ineptitude when you when there shouldn't be that and I've seen it and it's oh my gosh it's formed a callus around my heart as a Bears fan and it's hard it's hard for me to look at a matchup and say that is a for sure win until the Bears win a Super Bowl there is no team where I will say that is a for sure win because that's just the nature of the Bears sometimes and now I'm not I'm not ripping the Bears at all obviously I love what they're doing this year but I have to I have to speak from past experience. It's hard I from what I've seen growing up a Bears fan, I can't just look at a matchup and say the Bears are going to win, no doubt about it. The only time I ever had that was the Cardinals game this year and I was almost wrong. <laughs> you were almost wrong. That was a stressful they game. They had oh, they had me nervous for an, for four quarters there. And so yeah. I mean, I wasn't oh, yeah. I I can't dismiss it. Now, I still think I'm going to be bold, and I'm still going to say that the division runs through them. Oh, I, I, I 100% agree. I think Chicago will definitely win the division. I mean, the the only other team that mathematically can win it at this point, uh, unless the Bears were to completely lose all the games, which I don't, I don't think they are. No, I don't think that's happening. I, that I could see, I could see them losing to the Rams. That's a possible loss. I can also see them losing to the Packers. Other than that, Ugh. I don't really. I I, ha, I have a prediction with the Packers. Okay, you, you, you ready for this? In a second, I just. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean when you say the Packers because, dude, listen. Okay, the Packers. Let's stop acting like the Packers are a super talented team. Oh, they're not. They not have at all. Aaron Rodgers, have and Aaron that Rogers. is it. But Aaron Rodgers is the kryptonite for the Chicago Bears, no matter what. He, is. The, he <laughs> has the Chicago Bears number, whether it's in Soldier Field, Lambeau Field, wherever the heck it is. He just has it out for him, and he knows how to beat that team. And I've said it for a couple years now that, that the Packers, in terms of talent, were on a downward trend. Oh, absolutely. And soon enough, they were going to find themselves at a point where, hey, we can no longer just ride Aaron Rodgers into the playoffs. We need to actually build a team. And I think they're getting there very soon. However, it's Aaron Rodgers. So he the man finds a way to just pull he stuff just finds off. A way. He finds a way. And it it irritates me because the Bears last year were more talented than the Brett Hundley led Packers. And this he is still true. went in there and John Fox lost his job that day. Well, he lost his job. He he was fired no matter what that season. But that was like the that, that was, was the, the fork the in them. That was the nail in the coffin. That was it. It's just, gosh, the Packers aren't that talented yet. Here they are in Got. the playoff picture. How? I don't know because that's just the Packers. That's just what happens. And they can be four, six, and one, and somehow they aren't out of the playoffs because Rodgers is going to drop his run the table. Yeah. R E L A X. Relax. All of his legendary <laughs> quotes on radio or in his press conferences. Oh, it frustrates me so much. I I know it really frustrates you. Can you can hear it in my voice. I, I, I'm yeah. frustrated we, talking about it. Uh, yeah, I could definitely hear it. I uh, I I understand your frustration. I uh, I gotta say, I I think Rodgers was right though. When, I know what he, he said about he calling all those wins because I mean, the Packers' schedule just lends it to them. I know it. It, it really does. They they got Arizona. 
who's two and nine, and that's at home. That's in Lambeau. Again in Lambeau, they get the Falcons, who are four and seven, in Lambeau Field. So that that is two easy, should be easy home wins that that Rogers, I fully believe, will pull off. I know. the The questionable game, to that the game that could prevent them from keeping out. Is is they have to go to Soldier Field and play the Bears? But it's Aaron Rodgers. But it's Aaron Rodgers and Soldier Field. It's like a second home to him. I know it hurts (laughs) me, man. It hurts me deeply to say it, but it's the truth. And then, and I think Rodgers Rodgers knows that. Rodgers gonna be cocky as hell, and he's gonna go out there and he's gonna be like, "I got the Bears." I hope they go out and punch him in the mouth, not literally, uh, (laughs) but hit him hard enough to where it feels like he got punched in the mouth. That'd be cool. That that that'd be uh, roughing the passer. No, 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 no. When the ball's in his hands, they'll do it and then just not fall on him. Lay a pillow down and it's fine. Lay, lay a pillow down and it's fine. Yeah. No, and then so all, all the Packers have to do, and Rodgers knows this, they have to beat the Bears because next they have to go beat the Jets, which I don't know if uh, they'll be starting McCown that late in the season or if uh, they'll, they'll have their rookie quarterback uh, I don't think it matters, back. honestly. E- either way, it, it probably doesn't it's doesn't the matter. Uh, the, the Jets should be winnable. And they close it out with the Lions at Lambeau Field. Ah, oh, come it, on! It it lends up for the Packers to win out and go nine six and one, which I believe puts them in contention for that second wild card spot. Because my my number one wild card spot in the NFC is definitely Seattle. I think Seattle's uh, playing well as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle plays the Niners twice. Uh, as a Niners fan, this hurts me. I, I dislike the sea chickens, as we call them. Yeah. But uh, they're going to beat the Packers, or they're going to beat the 49ers twice. Um, I don't I don't really doubt that. I, I wish I could say no, but uh, Mullins hasn't played great. Mm-hmm. And uh, our other option is C.J. Bethard. Neither of which are quarterbacks that instill massive amounts of confidence, especially when you have a defense as leaky as the Niners do. Yeah. And then uh, the Seattle also gets to play – the Vikings at home, which I think helps them because you get you're in Seattle, you're with the twelfth man. That definitely lends itself to yeah. uh, Seattle victory. Uh, they do have to play the Chiefs, which could be rough, but again, that is in Seattle. Still, that's going to be hard defending yeah. the homes. And then they close it out with Arizona, which again at at, at Seattle. So. That that should be. They will wins. have they will have the home field advantage going into their stretch. Yeah. As will the Packers. Um, See, here's what I – this is my thought process. The Packers can max out at nine wins, and they have to win out. Winning out is hard to do as it is. But I just – I don't know if I – I'm not sure I can say nine wins will get them in. I, I think it does because here's my thing. Between Dallas and Washington uh Washington didn't look great with Colt McCoy. No, starting. I don't think Washington um, I unfortunately and and Washington is playing a bunch of teams or that are on the that, cusp. That, that are on the cusp. Like the Eagles are going to be scrappy and the Eagles are going to need to win that game cuz the Eagles only play teams with winning records. They only play t- t- playoff teams to mm-hmm. finish the the season. So the Eagles are going to have to take any win where they can get it. Yeah. I don't think the Eagles are making the play. I don't think they're going to be close. They have no. they have too many difficult games. I think the schedule is uh, just up against them. It it really is. And uh so you got the Eagles, then they also play the Titans and they they play the Eagles twice and they play the Titans. So the Titans are another team that's going to be fighting for playoff spots. Mm-hmm. So I I find it really hard to to see Washington 
making it. I think Washington's probably going to end up sliding a lot, and I think they're probably going to be eight and eight or maybe even seven and nine to to finish the season. Oof. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be rough for them. Yeah. I, no. I. I'm not gonna say I disagree. I. What's what just sucks a little bit. Me being a Bears fan and looking at the wild card matchup is. I'm looking at Vike, the Vikings in Seattle. If those two teams didn't play each other, I don't think we'd be talking about Green Bay having as easy, quote-unquote, easy of a road in. Yeah. But it's that matchup there, Seattle at Minnesota. Those are yeah. my and I it, those are my top two wild card teams and they're going to match up and, and one it, that one has to lose. Yep. And and the the thing the thing to me is it's the Vikings in Seattle. Yeah. The fact that they have to go to Seattle, they have to deal with the twelfth man, and especially Seattle's been on a bit of a roll of late. I you don't want to go to Seattle to play to play a game because Seattle's one of those teams that they really take advantage of their home field turf. Yeah, and that place gets loud, it gets crazy, and you know, I I just don't think. Uh, the Vikings are going to pull it off. Also, the Vikings have been a little beat up as of late, injury-wise. Mm-hmm. They definitely, you know, Stefan Diggs isn't 100% the past couple weeks, and neither is Thielen. He's been nursing some injuries. Yeah. So I, I think that is really hard. Also, again, the Vikings play your Bears to finish the season. That they, it, yeah. it might kill um, you, but that, that also kind of hurts them and could potentially knock them out. I do want to point this out, though. Packers-Vikings played on Sunday night. Vikings won, so there is a tiebreaker there now. Yeah. So if both teams finish at nine six and one, the Vikings will get in. The Vi- the, the listen, the yeah. Vikings just need to win three of their next five. The the problem is, I I could see them. That's all they need to do. Beating Miami, and I could see them beating the Lions. I honestly don't think they're going to beat the Bears because the no. Bears are still going to need to win that last game for playoff seating purposes. Yeah. I, they they have to go to the Patriots. They have to play in Foxborough. Please pull it off. You, you don't win in Foxborough, Captain Kirk. In please. November, you don't win in. I'm, I, I as much as much as I hate the Patriots, and you know Belichick annoys me, and yeah. Brady's Brady. They're Belichick, Brady, and the Patri- the Patriots for a reason. There's a reason I dislike them. It's because they don't lose in November at home. Yeah. And see, so that that's my thing is I think I think the Vikings are going to lose those three critical games. And I think that's is what it, that is what is going to knock them out. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 only other team that can stop the Packers is Carolina, and they have to play the Saints twice. Yeah, no, and I'd... that's that's not easy task. I and I don't think they're going to get that. Man, it's going to suck. Nine wins can get you in, and it, nine wins is all it, it takes to keep the, the Packers alive. But yep. you know who knows? The Packers haven't played great. Maybe Arizona, or not Arizona. Well, I mean, yeah, sure, maybe Arizona. But I'm thinking <laughs> maybe Atlanta, the offense can light it up. And if it becomes a shootout, I don't necessarily think I'd rule Atlanta out of winning. The, the only thing is it's in Lambeau Field. Yeah, no. In late November. Yeah. And it's Atlanta, a southern team who plays in a dome. Stands and Matt Ryan man. doesn't have a good record of playing outside in the cold. Oof. That's my thing, because like they got they got beat when they went up to Cincinnati, 
Yeah. Because they 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 don't they don't do well in the cold. I don't I don't think so. That's that's the thing is like, I I could see maybe Atlanta pulling something off. It was in Atlanta. I could definitely see it being a shootout mm-hmm. and Atlanta, you know, possibly winning a shootout with Green Bay. But the fact that it's in Lambeau means uh at. I don't. I don't think the Packers are going to lose in Lambeau, especially when Rodgers desperately wants to make the playoffs. So yeah. uh, I think that that definitely that definitely skews in the Packers' favor. As much as a Bears fan as you are, and as much as that hurts you, I think Packers legitimately, legitimately, when you look at all the scheduling, have a shot. Yeah, no, they do. I just hate it. <laughs> I know you do. So uh, the other, the other, we've been talking NFC. Let's uh, let's go. Over, let's let's talk some AFC playoffs. AFC is wild, man. There's, yeah, it is. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that are five and six or better that are all like kind of legitimately still. You could argue in it. Like I, you, the Titans are five and six. They they could make it. Denver just upset the Steelers. You know, obviously yeah. they're five and six, but you know they got Von Miller. They got talent. They could make it. The Bengals, personally, I think are done because uh, they they now have lost Andy Dalton for this season. Yeah, and they got uh, Jeff Driscoll out of uh, Florida. He wasn't good at Florida. How he's in the NFL still still boggles my mind. Um, <laughs> I. I don't see the Bengals. I I think they're pretty much out of it. Yeah. Miami's interesting with Tannehill back. They also have some easy scheduling because they play the Bills twice. Uh, I want to talk about that. You want to talk? Let's. What do you have to say about that? Okay. Josh Allen is back. The Bills still have had a very good defense all year. This is true. I. The Bills are now four and seven. I'm not saying the Bills are going to go on some miracle run, but I don't think the Bills are as easy of a win as they were. I, I would agree, definitely. If Josh and Allen's back, Miami's yeah. offense hasn't clicked very well this season. Yeah, it's also hard when you got you're changing quarterbacks. Yeah, like they so have been I, this season, but yeah, I, I don't. See your point. I don't know if the Bills are an easy matchup. I okay. I'm not. My wording might be misleading here, but I don't think the Bills are like. That team where you look at and go, okay, it's the Bills. They'll win that game. Uh, you, you shouldn't. I, I actually give that coaching staff to me has done maybe the most impressive job honestly. in the NFL because I honestly think they have the least talent on defense, yet they have one of the top five defenses in the NFL. Yet they, you can't name any, you can't hardly name no, anybody on that I, defense. I really. I really, I'm a fan of that coaching staff. It's, McDermott has it's done impressive. a good job. And. I really hope that he isn't on the chopping block, and I'm nervous. I, I that, don't think he should be. I'm nervous that the Bills are going to want to follow the Rams Bears blueprint now, because yeah. now seeing it work again, yeah, in Chicago, that, and they're going to want to say, "All right, here's true. our young franchise quarterback that we can mold into whatever we want." Let's so let's go find coach. a guy who can do that. Yeah. If anything, I say you kind of revamp the offensive staff, but you got to yeah. keep. I think that, McDermott that has done a very staff, good job. And he's a defensive yeah. coach, and his side of the ball has worked. Yeah. And also, I give him credit as as a head coach. He he's kept them in it. Like yeah. he's kept games competitive. He has kept his players motivated. He's kept his offense doesn't look like they've given up. It's not like you know you look at some other team. Like you look at uh you know John Gruden's Raiders, and you're like, mm-hmm. dude, it looks like they've given up on the season. Like 
even when the Bills are are losing four and seven, you know they don't have quite as bad as the yeah. uh, Raiders, but they still like they're not giving up. They're still playing hard. No, I know they're playing I, hard. I get I give him a lot of credit for keeping his team motivated, keeping his team yeah. in it. I'm That's, a fan uh, of McDermott. So I, I I agree. I agree. I really hope that he's not on the chopping block. I'm nervous he will be, and yeah. That I, I think that's going to be less of a testament to his time in Buffalo and more of just like this is what the league's becoming. And yeah, I'm gonna I, I I really hope he keeps his job because it's hard to find a good defensive minded head coach. Yeah, and I think they're rare and they're worth keeping around because if you like I said if you can build the coaching staff around it, Josh mm-hmm. Allen, you should be fine. Yeah, find the coaching staff for him. Go and get your guru offensive mind as your coordinator yeah. and coach up Allen that way. I think you would do a lot of damage to that locker room and that defense if you were to move on entirely. Oh, a- absolutely. I mean, he's they're definitely getting the best out of that defense that they yeah. could possibly get. Like, it is not as talented as they they're not as talented as they're playing. They're playing as a unit and they're playing above their talent level, right. which I think they definitely deserve credit for. And I I agree. I don't I don't think they should fire him. I I would agree. You need to hire a really good offensive coordinator. And you, you kind of need to overpay him. You need to keep him around for three, four years until yeah. uh, Allen can fully develop. Because right. I do think that is a thing that hugely hurts quarterbacks is when they go through and they have a different playbook every year. They have, Jay Cutler. Yeah. When you have seven offensive coordinators in seven years, like what Jay are you Cutler. expecting? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Good old Cuddy. I'll yeah. always defend him for that at the very least. But moving on from the Bills here, um, so – who are your? I want to know your wild card predictions because right now I'm taking the Ravens, and I kind of, I you know, I kind of want to go with Denver. You wait. You're you're thinking L.A. isn't making the playoffs? Oh shoot! Oh my gosh, <laughs> that totally went right Whoa. over my head. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Okay, that went right. Oh, o- I'm sorry. I'm not used to seeing eight and three as a wild card. I totally just skipped over the Chiefs. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> All right, rewind, re- backtracking here. All right, I'm going with the Chargers. <laughs> Woo! The Chargers okay. over, or the yeah, the Chargers. And, you know, I'm looking at the schedules. I kind of want to say Denver. Kind of want, I, I, could, I could see Denver. I could see De- Denver has an easier schedule. I definitely agree. Thank you for including the Chargers there. I was I was about to have a heart attack. Like, I know what that's do you, you think the Chargers are just going to implode? Yeah, like they're you know eight what? And three. Like what what do you think is going to happen? That there? really was just a, that was a total <laughs> mental lapse on my yeah, part. No, I that, that I happens. looked at him and saw eight and three. I'm like division leader. But I was like, wait, no, not division they're leader. They're in the same division as Kansas City. I know. Though. I totally it just slipped my mind. That's. Yeah, mental yeah, no, error you're, on you're, my part, but you're definitely you're you're all you're all good. Yeah, no, un- understandable. Um, yeah, so I definitely think the Chargers will make it. Um, I they do have a bit of a difficult schedule, but they're also a very good team. I mean, uh, Philip Rivers just just completed 25 straight completions. Like you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning than that happening. Mm-hmm. That's that's impressive. And the Chargers are good. Honestly, they were they were my my preseason Super Bowl favorite. They were they really? were they were my go to AFC team. I thought the Chargers were going to do things this season, and so far they have. I'm sticking with them. They've been underrated. I'm, I'm even. I'm still. I'm still predicting Super Bowl. I think they could wow. make it. I. I'm not going to say they should be the favorites to make the Super Bowl out of That's the AFC. Bold. That is bold. But but they are still until they lose in the playoffs, 
they're my my AFC team that's making it to the Super Bowl. I just I really like the Chargers. I also I really want Philip Rivers to get his ring. No, I really do too. I I, I, I Philip Rivers, Rivers has been there forever, and I think, come on, it's overdue for him. But it, it really is. Um, I I may be overly optimistic, but I'm I'm jumping on I'm bit, jumping but. on the Chargers bandwagon. Um, been riding that all season. I'm yeah. gonna ride until the season ends with them. Yeah, and then I I like I said, looking Denver's schedule, I think is what does them the most favors out of all of the other teams in the conversation Sin- at yeah. Cincinnati, and they've got Joe Schmo starting at QB now. The 49ers, yeah, that's true. which are the 49ers, you know, like you know me, I don't want to count any teams out, but it's the 49ers. Uh, the Browns, the Browns will be the Browns, although Baker's been playing very well, which is Baker fun to see. Well. Yeah. It's fun to see the Browns actually have hope going into <laughs> the next season. What of hope, yeah. No, because that, is, that is good. Dude, listen, I love I love watching franchises turn it around. Yeah. So, you know, I, I also, I'm rooting for them yeah. over there in Cleveland. I'm not a fan. Yeah. But I, I definitely I, I hate when one team is so dysfunctional, you know, like, oh, they're going to, you know, maybe win one game if they're lucky this mm-hmm. season. Like, I, I hate that. So it is better that they're they're competitive. It, it, it's better when they're when even the bottom teams are competitive. Yeah, um, I I see your Denver. I see your Denver. The, the thing uh, that I'm looking at for my second wild card, though, is uh, the Denver and the Titans. I knew it. Have the same record, right? Okay, yeah, I'm an Oregon fan. I'm not going to apologize <laughs> for it. Obviously, Mariota is my boy. He yeah. is, uh I, I, he's definitely my favorite player in the NFL because he's my favorite duck ever. Um, and they, they, the Titans have a fairly easy schedule as well. They have the New York Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars both at home, and then they travel to New York. All three of those games definitely winnable. Especially that that defense has played well under Mike Vabrell, mm-hmm. and they've been in games they probably shouldn't have been in. Yeah. Um, and that offense is clicking more and more as the season's going on. And Mariota finally has you know full feeling in his hand, and I think he's finally. I think it took him a long time to get over that leg injury when he broke his leg two years ago, and I think he's finally getting over that. And uh, I think he's a threat. They they play the Redskins again. I'm we'll kind of thinking the Redskins are going to be out of it at that point. Yeah, we'll have to and see as Col- the season goes I, we'll, on. We'll have to see because it is it is the second to last game. Um, that 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 one will definitely be interesting. The thing the thing that so so to me, I think Denver also is going to win all their games up until that last one against the Chargers, and and it's those last two. The Chargers are going to need to win that to keep their their playoff seating, and then also even if if the Chargers, you know were to uh, go and upset the Chiefs, that would then uh, put them into contention to maybe possibly take over as the division leader. Which so that yeah, that does could. that does have huge implications. It has huge implications. But they have to get there. They have to get to that matchup. They have, they have to get that matchup first. But still, I think I think they're being in the wild card like that. They're going to be an important. They have to win at Denver. Yeah. And I I think Philip Rivers will find a way. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. been long enough. I think they're going to win that last matchup. Which I think that that means it's going to come down to if the Titans can beat the Colts. The Colts are also interesting. Andrew Luck has not been getting hit, and he's Andrew Luck. He's one of the better quarterbacks. They have a tougher schedule. I honestly, I really think the the AFC is going to come down to that last week. I think yeah. the, the Colts playing the Titans, and it is in Nashville, 
So that, that does that does tip a little bit to uh, to Tennessee. I think that game is going to be huge, and I think that Denver LA Chargers game is going to be huge. I think both those games are going to have huge implications. I you know I could it's it's hard for me to pick because I could see it going. I could honestly see it being any of those three teams. I think it, I think LA is definitely in, and if they somehow manage to take the lead, obviously Kansas City would be in. Um, and I think the I think the wild card I think that final wild card spot is really it's up to the Colts, the Titans, and Denver. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to come down to the last week. I think it's going to be whether or not uh, Denver can beat the Chargers, and I think it's going to be whether or not wh- whoever the winner of the Colts Titans game is. I think that's also a huge thing. I think nine and seven. Yeah, it's nine and seven is what's going to get that second wild card spot. Yep. And I'm looking at it. The Colts have the fact that they're six and five working in their favor, that is, but they have the Texans and the Cowboys, and the Texans and Cowboys have been very. Texans have been on five, seven straight, right? Or is I, it eight straight now? I think it's eight. Is I, it eight straight? I yeah. think it's eight they're, straight. They're on fire and they're looking good. And then the Cowboys. I know we're not big Dallas fans here, but the defense is legit. That defense, defense is something is else. So I. Also, they're going to need that win to uh, probably win the, win the division. I mean, yeah. they have to play the Saints, so I think Dallas is going to lose that Saints game, and uh, they're they're going to have to they're going to have to win games. I think the Colts game is going to be one that they're going to need to win. Um, that last week will be something. That that last week, I think, is what it's going to come down to in the AFC. Yeah. I really, I, I think really it's between do. those. I do think it's between those three. I don't want to disrespect the Ravens or anything, but. I don't know, man. I think the Ravens will depend on who they go with at QB going forward because if Flacco comes back from he's cleared to come back and he just steps right in, I don't know if that'll mess up what the team's got going on. Plus, uh, I don't know. I think the Ravens will end up finishing 8-8, eight and eight, to be honest. I, I, I agree. I think I think the Ravens will probably also be because, I mean, they got tough matchup. They have to go to the Chiefs and they have to go to the Chargers both tough matchups. Plus, I mean, to Atlanta. Yeah, they they also have to go to Atlanta, which that's not a cakewalk. They got to go to the. They're no, they host the Browns. I'm sorry, but the Browns are proving to no longer be a cakewalk. Yeah. So that, I don't know. I I just I'm having trouble putting faith in the Ravens right now. Not Same. to disrespect them or anything. I just. Yeah. I look at the way the schedules shape up, and I think they're more favorable for the Colts, Titans, and Denver. Specifically, Denver. I really. I see four wins for Denver there, yeah, and then a potential with momentum swinging their way, coming off of four wins if they pull that off to begin with, a potential upset against L.A. So I just, I don't know, I see a lot going on in those three teams yeah. in their yeah. schedules, and it's that's why I just got to stick. I got to stick by those three. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely think it's those three. The Colts have a little bit of the advantage, but again, having to play the Texans, the Cowboys, like that's rough. And then the the Titans, honestly, I think if they manage to beat the Colts at home to finish it off, I I think they're gonna they could they could win out. They they could they could go ten and six mm-hmm. potentially, which would I think beat Denver. Uh yeah. I just I think it kinda lines up in the Titans' favor in the way the offense is clicking. obviously I'm biased towards Mariota. I'm hoping my boy Mariota will uh will make the playoffs this year. Yeah. Well, Moving forward, we'll kind of let's kind of flip back to the NFC here for a second. So we were talking about the Packers and they're four six and one. A lot of rumors now is Mike McCarthy finally done. 
I think he should be. Oh, I 100%. I think Mike McCarthy's done. I don't care if they make the playoffs. I really think Mike McCarthy is done because, yeah. man, the guy runs some con- makes some conservative decisions. Oh, it's bad. And he runs an old offense, and you know what? You see it. Him and Rodgers are not on the same page. Yeah. I just— well, the, the the bigger thing, I think the thing that the biggest thing I think that hurts Mike McCarthy and his job, I think, is his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. I think mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers has been so bad, and deservedly so at this point. That play calling is is so bad. Yeah, and the the the, the talent is not there around Rodgers. There's and Adams. It, if you don't have the talent around, you have to do things in the NFL. Like you have to do a lot of motions, mm-hmm. which even like the Rams have an unbelievable mu- amount of talent. Same with the Bears. Yet they do a ton of motion. They do things to scheme guys open. McCarthy doesn't really scheme guys open. He goes, oh, here, here, here's the play. Go run that play. And then make and a then miracle pass ma- if you need ma- to. Yeah, pr- pretty much. It's, it's pretty much a, oh, I'm going to set it up so you have to beat your guy. And if people don't beat their guy because they're not talented enough, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, we don't win because... Yeah, I, I think it's time for McCarthy to be gone. I mean, I, I agree. how many years of shortcomings do you need before you finally decide to move on? I agree. There, there was something interesting, too. I was, I think it was on, uh, it was on Colin Cowherd, but it was Greg Jennings doing an interview. And he, okay. he actually, he talked about, and I didn't know this till I, I uh, listened to the interview, but he was talking about... Uh, Mike McCarthy was the offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers in 2005 when San Francisco chose Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers. Interesting. And, a- and apparently, according to Greg Jennings, they, what he said in this interview was he said that Aaron Rodgers would passively aggressively call out McCarthy on thinking that Alex Smith was better than him. And hmm. he'd, like, almost jokingly do it in meetings and stuff. But he'd bring it up regularly. He'd bring up how, how McCarthy, oh, yeah, you, you, you chose Alex Smith over me, remember? Alex Smith's a better quarterback than me. <laughs> and uh, Interesting. I, think, I really – I think Rodgers and him don't get along. I don't think And I do. think with that contract that the Packers gave him, I definitely think – You I see where McCarthy's their loyalty ro- lies. Yeah. So, yeah, I think – like we, we both agree here, I think McCarthy's time is done in Green Bay. And you know what? I, I'm i sure some fans would be happy to see that happen. New GM oh, this year they got. So, you, you know, know give, let the guy give a chance to build his vision around Rodgers because yeah. you can't go from Favre to Rodgers and win one Super Bowl. No. That's, no, that's, that's incompetence by your front office and uh-huh. arguably coaching staff yeah. depending on – what year yeah. it was, and you know. Although, but, although I will say, while, while I do say McCarthy's offense is bad, he I, I, he is a decent head coach. Like I give him credit. Kid. I actually personally, I would like him to see see him go to the Browns. Mm-hmm. I would like to see because I know there's some Green Bay connections in the front office of the Browns right now. I would like him to see. I would like to see him go to the Browns. I think he should bring in a, a different play caller for uh, Baker Mayfield. Well, that, that's, but, that, that's the thing. McCarthy's the play caller in yeah, well, Green I, Bay, and I, I don't think I he know. likes giving away that. I I think he should. I would like <laughs> to see him. He should. I would like to see him give up play calling duties, but I think he would be great to change the culture of the Browns, and mm-hmm. I think he would definitely be a good fit for the Browns as far as that goes. I would I would see that being an interesting uh, landing spot for uh, McCarthy. You know, I, I, agree. I can see what you're saying. I don't know. I think you need a very certain kind of coach to come in and coach Baker Mayfield. 
Yeah, see, my, my thing with the the Browns have been so incompetent for so long. I think they just got to stop hiring, like, the hotshot coaches. No, no, I Because every get it. time they do it, it backfires on them. Yeah, I just— They need somebody who's proven they can win at the NFL level. I think they need to find someone who can uh, kind of corral Baker there. I, I don't know. I think the league's caught up with Mike McCarthy. That, that's true. That's why I'm saying that he should go there, but under the stipulation that he hires them. Kind of as, like, the John Fox to the Bears, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think there there needs to be a stipulation that like you don't get a like he gets to choose his coordinator, but like he doesn't get to call plays anymore. Yeah, like he needs to be more hands off in the offense because we'll he is we'll a see. decent head coach. His teams do play well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think I think that about does it for uh for NFL talk. We kind of we covered pretty much everything. Yeah, we got a lot going. We got a lot in there. So. Uh, in our last uh, few minutes here, I kind of wanted to talk about uh, there's this graphic that Bleacher Report posted, and it's the highest annual average salaries in sports. So they took the total salaries that the team plays the players, and they divided by the number of players in the roster. So it's the payroll divided so by yeah, roster. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, it's interesting to me. Did, did you have any thoughts when I when I sent this to you? Um, The one that – okay, so – the ones that stuck out that stuck stood out to me were the Oklahoma City Thunder at number three, mm-hmm. and the Wizards at number five. Yep. Like okay, so you got uh, you got Barcelona at number one, Real Madrid at number two. Those teams win. All they do is win. They, they, they win. Also, I mean, so they Barcelona know how to, has the best player in the world. Yeah, you know they know how to spend their money accordingly to win. Yeah, I'm looking at Oklahoma City, number three in the world. I mean. They're ranked right above Golden State, yeah. the Golden State Warriors. Golden State's They're been point, winning titles. four million above. <laughs> but, Very but, small <laughs> margin there, but no. That's, but still, you look, can't I, be paying that much, and you don't even make the Western Conference Finals. You can't have the third highest payroll out of all professional sports in the world and not win with that. Like, And it's not just, even like you're making it far in the playoffs. You're not even making it to the Western Conference Finals. Like, I know. Come on. You're coming up short every year, and that's a case. I feel like that's, you know, you're trying to pay to win, and you're not paying. Yeah, you're, you're overpaying. See, there's the money ball strategy, talent. and then there's the pay to win strategy. Oklahoma City obviously went for they, the pay they, to win, and it's not working. They, they suddenly think they're the Yankees, and they're not. It's like... It's no. Come I, on, you gotta figure it out, that's dude. It's a, a joke to me, man. Yeah. I I couldn't. Ble- also, Miami at nine point two six million at uh at number eight overall. I also thought that was surprising because again, I'm like, they don't they don't really win. I I was honestly yeah. expecting some other teams. I was on there that that win more. That like, I I honestly surprised because I mean, and Miami's right above Juventus and Manchester United again. Juventus, they're gonna win Serie A. They have. Ronaldo, that's the second best player in the world in soccer, and Manchester, they're always top four in their league. Like they win, yeah. All, all the all the soccer team because it it's it's funny. It's all soccer teams and NBA teams. That's fitting though. It with is, the it way is really salary fitting. cap is in the NBA yep. and how there is no such thing as salary cap in soccer. A hundred percent. It's yeah. fitting. No, it, it's it definitely just, makes sense. I'm surprised to see Oklahoma City at number three. I yeah. thought there would have been more soccer team. I I thought this would have been. The the NBA teams Look, that are on here are surprising to me. I mean, there's more Oklahoma, NBA teams. I mean, yeah, there, <laughs> there are. I mean, Golden State doesn't surprise me. They they should have one of the highest payrolls yeah. in the world. They win. It's insane. They're yeah. they're good. Whether or not you like KD going there, they they have the talent. Yeah. They're paying for the talent and they're winning with the talent. Houston Rockets, while not great 
this year so far. Them being number seven isn't too surprising. They have stars. Com- they they, they have, are at they least have competitive. Li- yeah. For a championship, they, they they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. They they're good. They they have Chris Paul and they have James Harden. Those yeah. are two of the best players in the NBA. Like them being on there makes sense. It's teams like the Miami Heat where I'm like, they don't even have a top fifteen player in the NBA on their roster. Why do they have that high of a salary? Yeah, that that's ones that get me. And then yeah, Oklahoma City. Like you're not winning. Oklahoma why, City. Why that one kind that? of that one floors me a little bit. I wouldn't say. Uh, I'm totally okay. I am totally stunned. Who am I kidding? I, just, <laughs> I was stunned. That that one doesn't make I yeah that one doesn't make sense to me for them to be that high and not really achieve much because of it. Yeah. Um, but you know we're talking soccer, so you know I'm a <laughs> oh, man. I hate talking this topic, but so for those who don't know, I'm a Borussia Dortmund fan. All right, and Big it pains me. To see that they always sell or let their uh, their good talent leave. Mm-hmm. The big talk now is around Christian Pulisic. Yep. The bidding war that's going to ensue for him. Yep. And for, for those of you who don't know, Christian Pulisic is uh, he's a U.S.-based soccer player. He's born in the U.S., born in Pennsylvania, raised in Pennsylvania. Yep. He is now playing overseas for Germany, and he is also the captain of the U.S. team now, mm-hmm. the youngest captain in U.S. history. Um, the kid's a stud. He's only 20 years old, so uh, he is definitely definitely a stud. And there has long been rumored that uh, Dortmund's going to sell him because Dortmund sells a lot of players. I that's know. how soccer works. Um, <laughs> that's how Dortmund that, works, man. That's how Dortmund Come works. On, just... but, uh, but, yeah, it looks like the, the kid could be sold for 70 million euros. Uh, I don't know the conversion. I think that's like 80 million US, I'll, roughly. I'll find that right now. Uh, yeah, go ahead and find that. I, I'm not, I'm not up on my conversions right now. But uh, yeah, the kid's gonna go for a lot of money. The, the a lot of the rumors have him going back to Liverpool or Chelsea, which are two of the biggest teams in uh, the European Premier League. All right, so you were pretty close there with the 80 million. It's 79 million, 56,320. Oh, U.S. dollars. That, that's, that's, that's a win. That's, that's on the close. Money. Come that's, on. That, was, that was close. That's impressive. <laughs> that's off the top of my head. Yeah, that was... <laughs> that was a rough estimation. Yeah, that was I'm quick. I'm proud of myself. No, that was good. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, I... I hate the fact that they're going to probably sell him. They're number one in the Bundesliga. I know. Hold, keep they, him. They're not going to sell him until after the season, though. Still. It, it's, it's the summer bidding war. Still, I think once you... Okay, if you win... <laughs> If they win the Bundesliga, come on, like, go for it. It, it ha- This it ha- is their time. <laughs> Bayern is slumping hard. Like, just, you know, put, I, just go I know for it pains it. you, but it, it's, it's how that team's run. It's how that team makes money. It's how they stay profitable. It's just, it's, it's how they run. It hurt. I hate and it I, so much. I know, it's rough. You picked a, you picked a rough team to, to root for. I, I feel bad for you there, buddy, but, uh, yeah, Chris and Bliss, it, it definitely could be one of the U.S. stars. Ho- I'm hoping he brings uh, the U.S. national team back to relevancy where we actually get to see them yeah, in the yeah, World sure, Cup, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I think they're ever going to win it. Like, let's yeah. be realistic. But I'm hoping at least I can see the U.S. in the World Cup tournament. That would that would be nice. That's my hope. A wonderful interview. This is, like, my favorite voice in U.S. men's soccer to listen to, Taylor Twelman. Right. The dude... 
he riffs the U.S. men's soccer team, and I absolutely love it. It is, oh, is my he the uh, the one with the quote about they're a bunch of spoiled, tattooed millionaires. Yeah. Oh, dude. yeah. I would. Oh, I I love listening to the guy because he listen. He takes the gloves off and he goes he goes at him and he goes at him. Yeah. I love his interviews. If you haven't listened to any of them, you gotta just YouTube Taylor Twelman full rant. Yeah, he no. goes off. He loses it, and you know what? I'm a fan of guys that get uh, that get hyped up and energetic like that. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely remember that tattooed millionaires one. That one, I'm like, ooh, that that shot's fired. That hurts right there. But uh, no, I think I'm I'm hoping Pulisic being 20. Like, I hope he he comes back and he kind of leads the youth movement of that yeah. team. Hopefully, hopefully back to relevancy. But you know what? Also, even if even if he doesn't turn out well for the for the U.S., I'd love to see him competing with Liverpool or Chelsea, two of the main teams, because mm-hmm. that means he's at one of the best European clubs in all of Europe, one of the best soccer clubs in the entire yeah. world, or football as He'll the rest have gone of the world. From like the best developmental program to one of the best just overall yeah, organizations, which, be, just because U.S. kids never play they never well, make it there ever, especially in it's, Europe. Like they, he's he's already arguably had about as good of a career as any other U.S. person. Like, really? Like, other than some of our goalies, like, we've definitely had some goalies that have been uh, Howard, and then also Griezmann was uh, Mm -hmm. in there for for a while. He was in the the EPL. But, yeah, no, he definitely could definitely have the best career out of any U.S. player. So I I definitely I hope he brings – I really want – I'm rooting for him to bring the youth movement back to U.S. soccer because there's no reason with the money that – this con- that the U.S. puts into the soccer program, there's no reason for it to struggle as bad as it does. But you know, it's just I think it's a popularity thing. Yeah. And hey, seeing a 20 year old U.S. born citizen sign a 70 million dollar, well, U.S. and U.S. dollars basically 80 million dollar, yeah, contract. No, it, it, I mean, it works out a little differently. So they they yeah. sell, so the club yeah, gets that money, they, okay. but then when that happens, he does get to sign a new contract, which. I, they do it by the week, but I'm sure when you tally it up, yeah. it'll be like 20 million a year. It'll be he'll be making like LeBron, KD level money where it's just stupid. Or he uh, can stay, or Dortmund doesn't sell him. And he stays. <laughs> that's uh, that's some and Dortmund runs there. the Bundesliga forever. You uh, you keep dreaming there, buddy. I will. That's what keeps me going, dreaming. Yeah. Well, well, well. You keep dreaming. I think that about does it for us here at uh, Bros Beard Sports Podcast. We're the, uh, we're the Beards Bros, and uh, you can find us. Follow us at Twitter, at Beards Bros. I will be posting this uh, not only to SoundCloud, also to iTunes and Spotify. Hopefully, they upload on time. Uh, we did have some issues getting on uh, iTunes. It took iTunes a while. Took it like took a while. Days. But uh, we, finally, we finally got on there, so this one should also be on there. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. All right. See you later. Give us a follow.